Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to Balanced Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black woman health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Welcome to Balanced Black Girl Podcast. My name is Les. I am the host. I created this podcast about three years ago because I wanted a safe space to talk to other dope black and brown women in wellness. I wanted to chat with them. I wanted to learn with them. I wanted to pick their brains. I wanted to share their magic with my community, and it has grown to be a really beautiful space, an incredible community of listeners. So if it is your first time tuning in, welcome. Thank you for listening. And if you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back. (laughs) Both are equally, equally important. And thinking about my original kind of mission with Balanced Black Girl, wanting to connect with other black women in wellness, today's episode is just the epitome of that. In my own wellness journey, if there's anything that I'm constantly still working towards, it is self-talk and it is self-kindness and self-compassion. I think it's going to be one of those things that I am constantly learning and growing and improving and become nicer to myself over time and am probably going to be a work in progress for a while and that's okay. And I acknowledge that. And so as I was mapping out, reframing the reset, it was also really important to me to include a conversation about reframing how we treat ourselves, reframing how we talk to ourselves and how we show up for ourselves. Through reflection, I've noticed that there are a lot of very strong links between overall well-being, how I feel physically, what my self-talk is looking like, and how I'm feeling creatively, that all of those things are really interlinked. And I was lucky enough to get to sit down and talk to today's guest, Arielle Astoria, about all of those things. And I truly could not think of a better person to have this conversation with. Ariel Astoria is a spoken word poet, gifted writer and author, captivating and authentic MC, speaker and actor. And she is just a 
ray of light. If you have ever seen her work, if you've ever seen her online or any of her content, any of her writing, she just like grabs you through the screen or through whatever you are seeing her or her work through her writing, her poetry, the words just capture you and speak directly to your soul. And in conversation with her, she also speaks directly to your soul. And I've really, really admired following her and just seeing how she shows up so authentically and full of vulnerability and honesty. And she's one of those people who through her words and through her work reminds you to slow down and appreciate the world around you. So I was really excited to talk to her about her journey how wellness looks and feels for her and where she's currently at in her journey. Because as we talk about in this episode, it's never ending, right? When we share our story, it's truly just a snapshot of where we're at in that moment, but we're always still on the path. We're always still becoming who it is we're meant to be. And I just appreciate that she does that so beautifully. So in this episode, we talk about self-talk. We talk about being in tune with our intuition. We talk about yoga, which is going to be a theme that you're going to be hearing more about on the podcast coming very soon. She and I are at very similar points in our yoga journeys. And there's also a, a point at the beginning of the episode, actually, the beginning of the conversation that might be a little bit different from what you're used to hearing on the podcast, where I actually just invite her to take a breath with me. And I want to provide a little bit of context for why that is before we jump in. So when we were recording this episode, I was super excited. Obviously, I'm a big fan girl, so I was very excited. And also, (laughs) I was just coming off of a slightly stressful work day. If I'm being totally honest, it was just like a stressful work day, a stressful work week. And I transitioned from kind of my, my job directly to recording the podcast. Normally I like to have a little bit of buffer just so I can reset myself so that I can get my energy right. And the way my schedule worked out that day, I just didn't quite get that buffer. And I only want to come to this space with the best energy that I can have, especially, especially when I'm talking to a guest and it's not a solo episode. And I knew that I just, I needed a breath and I invited her to do it with me on air. And please know you're also invited to take a breath with us on air. If you feel like that's what you need in that moment, I I wanted to share that because we all have those moments where we need to just pause and take a beat and recenter and collect ourselves before we proceed. And I think the more that we can share those moments, um, the more normalized it is to take them when we need them. So this conversation with Arielle was such a treat and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Arielle, welcome to Balanced Black Girl. I'm super excited to have you here. It is such an honor. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know how your day is going. I've had kind of a long week and I kind of want to take a breath. And I was wondering if you wanted to join me and just like taking a deep breath. (laughs) I will always take a deep breath. You don't even have to ask. I'm yes. Yes. Amazing. I'm just like 
taking a deep inhale, taking a deep exhale. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have been doing this podcast for a few years and I recognize how much my energy can kind of influence conversations. And so even Mm -hmm. if I've been having kind of a long day or a long week, I try really hard to like check myself before coming into this space. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can do that together. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. Just taking a nice deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. Ugh. One more. And exhale. Ugh. I feel so much better already. <laughs> mm, it's the best. Breathing is the best. <laughs> it is. It's amazing how it's something that we do all day, every day, uh-huh. but when we're intentional about it, it makes yeah. such a difference. Yeah. I think obviously breathing in itself is um, a thing that we need and is necessary, but intentional breathing, like you're saying, is like, um, it's next level therapy that we don't have to pay for, you know, like how often is it like, I just need to like be intentional with my breath. I'm always actively in my breath. Um, but in traffic, you know, a stressful moment, panic attack, you know, like depression, it's just like, if I can just be here in my breath and specifically how you, how you led us through our nose um, and out through our mouth, uh, that through our nose and so many signals to our brain of like, no, I'm safe. No, I'm okay. No, I'm good. So even that breath alone is just, it's such a magical breath. It is. It truly, truly is. It is. It is. It's just, it's something that we can always turn to if we're ever having Mm -hmm. a moment, we need to take a beat. Just like, okay, I have like no time. I can still Mm -hmm. take a deep inhale if nothing else. If nothing else. Mm -hmm. So good. Yes. Well, thank you for joining me in that. And like I said, I'm so excited to have you here. You're like just talented, extraordinaire, writer, advocate. Like I love how you show up in the world and how Mm. you show up in the spaces you occupy. Um, So I would love to just talk a little bit more about the beginnings of your journey, how you got to where you are living this beautiful creative life that you have. Um, Mm. Even though on the outside, everything is like so beautiful. (laughs) I know it's always a journey to get there. And I would love to learn a little bit more about how you got to this point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun, that's always a a fun starting point. I do not um, shy away with the journey and steps in which um, I've taken to be here, wherever here is. I, I'm, I'm not a. Um, you found it. You've reached it. This is it, kind of person. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily like want to work towards that or believe that necessarily, um, because I think that means we're done. And I don't. I don't think we're. I'm done until I, I have no more breath to give this world, you know, or to give myself. And so, um, I always am. I always preface that before sharing like, this is my journey, because obviously a lot of times that is like, this is the journey of how I made it. And I don't even know what making it means. Um, And I don't, I don't know if I'm there yet. Um, But I will, I will give the story of, of how I got to today. Um, I am born and raised um, Northern California. So Bay Area baby. And I moved um, to LA for college. Um, I'm the oldest of five kids, um, and the, pa- the daughter of a pastor's kid. So that daughter of a pastor, so that's its 
own thing. Um, I, I went to college for psychology and theater. I've always loved theater. Um, I've loved storytelling. And so before I even touched spoken word, before poetry, you know, even came into the picture, I was first stepping to the shoes of other people because I knew how to do that better than I knew how to be myself. Um, and so I wrote a lot of plays and monologues and things like that. Um, and, and then those started to get really personal and really real, just like writing in the perspective of, um, like one of my first love poems I wrote was in the perspective of Coretta Scott King Jr. Like what it would have been to love Martin and not just know him as as this leader and as this you know dream maker and this wave maker, but as a husband as as a as a partner um as a lover and so that was like one of the first pieces I did and then performed um and then that turned into more and it tells mother um how to carry that grief what that journey might have looked like so I knew how to how to step into the emotions and feelings and vulnerability of other people before I fully knew how to do that for myself and then spoken word came into the picture and that was more how to do this for myself um and so um but all the while of kind of teetering on both of those worlds there was so much in me as the oldest child um as a very still very practical and um, left brain oriented person of like cool those are fun those are extracurriculars but like what's the real thing you know like what are we actually gonna do and that's where psychology came into the picture I thought I would do art therapy for kids, like a little bit of like, I have a full on degree, could make you know great money and like could sustain myself while also sprinkling in like I'm arts and creativity is like a core of myself. And so at first I thought I could um, sprinkle the core a little bit <laughs> until I realized that I couldn't. Um, and so all throughout college, I still did theater. I was on a competitive poetry team for about two, three years, was president of our poetry club, all the while, like great extra curriculars, add those to the resume, add those to the resume, but never like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And then the closer I got to graduation, the more this concrete plan, I dropped psychology, like in a sense of like, I know I'm going to use this, but I don't want to be in an office and I don't want to get a doctorate. Like, I don't want to do school again, honestly, um, after this. And so I was like, what, you know, what other things? And then I fell in love with student development um, at my university. I was like, oh, I could totally work with college students. I feel like there's this huge gap between 20 and 30 that is just like not talked about. Like we graduate high school, we go to college. We now have the degree, the husband, the fence, the kids, all of it, like super quick. And I'm like, whoa, there's like 10 to like 15 years of stuff that we don't talk about in that time. So I fell in love with college students and I was like, this is it. I'm gonna stay here. I'll be a resident director that's it. That's the plan. Um, that was not the plan. <laughs> At least that's not what ended up happening. And at my university, I got to speak um, as like a senior. Um, and I remember getting off stage and and kind of like sitting up this little prayer to like God or the universe or, or whatever you call this divine bigger thing. I was like, if I was supposed to do that for the rest of my life, I think that I would. And I just kind of like threw it out there. Um, not committing to it, you know, so very afraid of what that could look like. Um, and I think that moment kind of just started the spearhead. I graduated in 2015 and I've been a full-time freelance creative ever since. Um, it definitely was like not pretty. Um, it was not, you know, fast. Like I didn't graduate and I was like, I'm going to do this. And then all the doors open. 
no, it was like a very like snowball-y kind of effect, just opportunity after opportunity, year after year. And it really, this, this last March of 20. 20 what year are we in um no it's like time is not real right (laughs) um march february march of 2020 was was the year i quit my last like i was doing full-time um social media for a nonprofit, um and also working as their poet that was my last job that i let go of and that was just march of 2020 so like i said it's not we made it we're here i'm like i'm still very much so on this journey um that February before that, I moved out of a house of a family and their four kids um, because I was paying $300 for rent and babysitting. And in LA, it's freaking expensive. So that's what I can afford as an artist. And I moved 2019, um, September of 2019, I'm to my first just me and one rooming apartment. And that's where I live now because she got married. And then I got married. Um, and so now we live here. And so it's just been this constant ripple effect of like, I think I, to do this. I think I could say yes to this. Um, and I'm, and I'm learning a lot in this season, you know, um, about the no part of it. Um, but at first it was a lot of yes. And a lot of, let's just see where this goes. Let's just see where this goes. Um, and there's still a mix of that, but it definitely is a little bit more balanced these days, no pun intended, but yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. And I love your emphasis on like still being in the journey, because I think every time we tell our stories, it's, it's a snapshot. It's kind of like a time Mm -hmm. capsule. If we want to go back to our, you know, early 2022 time capsule, then we can go back to like the version of the stories we tell right now. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think oftentimes, especially in like, you know, the encouragement and self help world, it's very like, and this is what I did and it was super hard and now it's not anymore. And look, here I am, you know, and it's just like, that's so, oh, that's not realistic. That also implies that the journey stops at some point. But what if your desire changes? What if your passion changes? Like, what if the route changes? Like, then you're on that all over again. So I never, I want, I never want to give an endpoint unless I'm literally physically not here because there is no endpoint. It's very circular. It's very continuous. Um, and there is no, you know, we're done. It's great. We're, we're, it's over. Um, there's like this constant living to it. And I think, I think that's necessary. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, it's, it's so important to be honest about that too, because I think we've, Mm -hmm. we've all seen so many movies where it's like, the plot can get wrapped up in two hours. We kind of expect our life to follow a similar trajectory. Right. <laughs> and it just right, does not. Right, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, there is no, it's not linear mm-hmm. by any means, you know, like we, I think we've definitely, if we don't understand that by now, you know, two years into a pandemic that nothing is linear, um, and we're going to get it eventually, you know, that it's, it's not, and it can't sustain. I don't think we can sustain in a linear um, way of existing. There's this constant ebb and flow. And there's actually, there's two types of, of time in, in the Greek, you know, um, language there's Kairos and there's Kronos. Um, Kronos is obviously chronological. It's our alarms, our clocks, our calendars, you know, keep it in, in, in its boundaries. And then there's Kairos where there are no boundaries. Um, the serendipitous can happen in that space. And I really think our concept of time is a both. Um, Sure, have your calendar. Sure, have your planner. I really want to be a planner girl. I buy a planner every <laughs> year. 
do I fill it out? Absolutely not. But like, I so want to be a planner girl, but then also I think my heart and my spirit knows I want to be open to the Kairos. You know, I want to be open to the whimsy and the serendipitous um, and to allow divine things to come in unexpected ways um, and have that be part of the journey, you know, um, and not absent from it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can relate to that so much. And wanting to leave space for magic to come in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of, of leaving that space for, for, I love the way you said that leaving space for that magic and, and, and making known to it. I think in this, you know, especially when it was paused and life was very still, there was like so much magic there. And it was like this moment where you're like, Oh, that, has never that's never went away you know like we just were slow enough and able enough to see it you know we had to say a lot of no's so we found the magic in that space um because we were slow enough to see it and now noticing like I can't get that out of my head you know it's still there but like I have to be in tune to it I have to be aware of it um and that means I have to stop sometimes you know or, or I need to be a little bit more aware sometimes and and really lean into that yeah Absolutely. And it, it sounds a lot like also creating space for your intuition and Mm -hmm. listening to your intuition. Is that Mm -hmm. kind of an accurate? (laughs) Absolutely. I think, um, there's an author, um, her name's Glennon Doyle. She calls it the knowing. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think women especially have the knowing, like we know, you know, in our deepest of deeps in our cores, of course. And there's been so much against especially a woman's knowing and I think there's something really powerful and poignant there because like why fight so much to like hinder something that's not as powerful as it as you're saying it is um if in if in fact it actually is you know and so and I'm a huge like I'm a feeler. I'm an empath. I realized as of late, I'm probably a highly sensitive person because every little thing is like, Oh no, you cannot talk to me and play music with that other thing in the background at the same time. Like I can only do one, you know? Um, and it starts to like overstimulate and overwhelm it in and listening to that, you know, and listening to those spaces where you're like, my gut is saying like, that is something. And we've been made to believe that that was like crazy. You know, I went to this event, um, it's called Black Women Are Divine by, um, it was hosted by Black Lives Matter and Melina Abdul, the founder. Um, she was like, you know, in preparation for this event, like I kept getting these ideas for this and seeing all that's happening right now. And I kept, you know, hindering it. I kept pushing it down. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Why am I thinking that? That's crazy. And she was like, oh, we need to stop that. Like, we need to stop believing that we're not worth spoken to being spoken to or spoken through like black women are divine like and we need to own that and I was like yes like why do we call it crazy you know because we've been told that we are crazy um and then one more example because I'm a very visual person I'm watching Dickinson right now which is like this re re um imagining of Emily Dickinson that is brilliant and phenomenal and there's this scene where her dad goes to um potentially get a job at a women's hospital and of course the guy interviewing him is trying to get Emily to get into the hospital because he's like she hears voices and she's on edge all the time and she's wild but it's really just in reality of like oh no we resonate with that you know like we are the sensitive we see the things and you may deem that crazy but that I don't think that's actually what it is you know and so really leaning into 
that. And if it's being called crazy, then I think you know that there's actually something really there that other people are just afraid to see or pay attention to. And yet we can't help but do so. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, I think about times in my life being called crazy for my intuitions and suspicions. And it was actually mm-hmm. usually correct. And being called crazy <laughs> was something done to gaslight and distract yeah. from that because it was accurate. absolutely, absolutely like, oh, what? No, that's, that's wild. That's crazy. That's no. And then it happens and you're like, and it's like, oh, there's always something else, you know, to, to validify what occurred versus just giving the woman the flowers that she's due, you know, and that is so exhausting. And that weighs so much on our spirituality, our mental, our physical, um, and we walk less taller, you know, we walk and we operate smaller because of those things. And so, yeah, I think both you and I understand the work of like undoing that for women and, and hoping that they are like, no, 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 listen to that. Trust that. Um, and know you're not crazy. And if they call you crazy, you know, you're the opposite, you know, mm-hmm. like, and really, and really trusting that. Yeah, exactly. Like if they call you crazy, you're on to something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had any kind of practices or, you know, anything that you've done that has helped you kind of trust your intuition a bit more? Mm. That's a great one. I think, um, meditation is one of them. Um, like if I, if things are too loud and I can't, I can't listen, I can't hear them tuning in there. I also think yoga is another, a practice of that as well. Um, because it comes back to like, oh, that didn't, that shape didn't feel good in my body. And I'm listening to that. So let me adjust or let me come down on my knees or let me alter this. So I think that has really helped me apply that outside of like, this doesn't feel good in my body. So I need to adjust. I need to say, no, I need to alter something. You know, I need to shift, shift something. And I think being in our bodies, um, also helps us be everywhere else, you know, um, and knowing how to do that well, I think is really important. And I'm also very lucky because I have a, I have a partner who I can like ramble off to, you know, and he'll reiterate the truth back to me um, more often than not. And so that is very helpful to have this kind of soundboard too. Um, but I think just like everyday practices are, are definitely comes down to like meditation that listening to to everything and nothing all at once and tuning inward. And then also, you know, for me practicing yoga and being, and really having to learn in these like spaces that are oriented towards smaller white bodied individuals of like, yeah, no, 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 that this body can't do that. But what else can I do, you know, or how else can I show up in this pose and in this shape and how can I do that? Well, Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would really love to to talk about that a little bit more. And I love that meditation and yoga were the two practices that you really mm-hmm. zeroed in on there because with meditation, it's that getting quiet and getting still. And when you're not used to being quiet and still, it can be really Ooh. scary, really mm-hmm. scary. And mm-hmm. then once you get more comfortable with it and you see how much you can uncover from yourself with it, then you're right. like hooked. Right. Um, 
but I also really loved what you said about yoga because it goes to show how much physical practices and just feeling grounded and in tune with our bodies can positively mm-hmm. impact everything else. Totally. It's a, it's a ripple effect, mm-hmm. you know, like what, what I do here and, and I say here, and as I do that, I know no one can see, but my hands are, are moving up and down my sphere of, of physicalness, you know, um, what I do here heavily affects what happens out there and vice versa. There's like this little moment of like magnetism, if you will, or this little moment of like, there's a force in between that though. So before I'm affected by it or before it's affected by me, there's this moment in between where, you know, I can change how I intake what's happening um, and how I outtake what's happening. And so, but a lot of that has to do with like, but I also have to know what doesn't feel good. You know, I also have to know what doesn't sit right in my spirit. I also have to know, you know, like when to say no to certain things. And so um, being able to like have that moment of like, I forget what the quote is directly, but like, um, you know, we, we have that first response, you know, of how we respond to things. Um, and it could be a response, um, a reaction or, or, or an action, you know, and, and reactions have so many different layers to it. So how I react to this um, could shift my whole day. Like we know that, you know, like our whole day could be shot just based off of one reaction um, or interaction. And, and that is so, um, I think we're even more sensitive to that in the, in these last few years. And, and so for me, it's definitely like, I could be the most dramatic person and this could wreck, (laughs) you know, wreck me, or I could be like, all right, it's really not that bad. You know, just like a few deep breaths, like how can we be here? You know, like how can we continue to come back here before, um, we let the whole, ourselves like carry the whole world almost. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you just said about our reactions because our reactions are truly the only thing we have any control over. Absolutely. (laughs) We can't control Um, anything else. (laughs) uh -uh. Not a thing. Yeah. Not a thing. Yeah. I would love to talk a little bit more about your yoga practice and how your yoga practice got started. And then also Mm -hmm. your decision to go through teacher training, which is such a beautiful experience. We're going through it at the same time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And it is, it is like a life-changing experience. So I would love to hear a little bit more about how that's gone for you. Yeah. I first, um, I think I first found yoga maybe 2016, 2017. It's been a few years now. And, um, I was going to, um, a, a studio near, near where I live in Pasadena and, um, it's a hot studio. So that's like my go-to is I, I love a hot yoga. Um, I don't mind practicing. I say cold, the practicing cold, <laughs> eventually you warm up, but there's something just like getting into that, like 102 it's 70 degree humidity space that I just, I love it. Um, and um, yeah, so I found it then. And it was the first time, like you, you said earlier, that stillness being really afraid of the, like, if I don't go, 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 go as a creative, as a black woman, always feeling like I needed to do the things, um, say the yes, you know, um, 
uh, and realizing, like I said earlier, that space for no yoga became my space for no. Um, and, and because so much of my work and life is personal and professional that overlaps so much. Like that was the one place I could just like lay on the mat and I don't have to perform. I don't have to show up any kind of way. I don't have to be any kind of way. Like I just got to be there. Um, and some of my best pieces ended up coming from that stillness, you know, ended up coming from, you know, that moment that just that hour of like, let me just sweat and be with my body. I also like grew up very disembodied with myself, like growing up in, in the faith context that I did, there's a, there's a, a emphasis on being spirit and not being body. So I was really good at being spirit and not good at being body. Um, and so yoga became that way where I got to be both. <laughs> um, it became that space where I got to just be like, what sweat comes from there? Like, <laughs> look how strong my body is. Like, this is incredible. Um, and then over the years, like I'd always kind of wanted and dabbled into like maybe doing a teacher training. But again, it was hard because I didn't really see a whole lot of teachers who looked like me. So I'm like, is that even like a thing? Um, you know, what does that mean? And um, and so 2020 actually was a year where I was like, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. And then quickly things happened in life. And it was supposed to be a January training. And I ended up not doing it. And I was like, okay, it's fine. And then much later, I found the studio that I ended up going through. Um, it's called United Studio uh, here in San Dimas area. Um, and it was women of color, mostly run, um, which was a huge thing for me. And I didn't know it was a huge thing for me. Um, and also I went to a retreat that they had hosted and there was all, it was the first time I wasn't the only person of color at a yoga retreat. And I was like, what is this magical place? I need to do everything here. So once I saw that they were doing a 200 hour, I was like, I think I think this is it. I think this yeah. is the time. Like I want to learn from women of color. Like there, I think one of our teachers was white and she was brilliant and we love her, but I wanted that. I wanted to mostly learn from women of color. I wanted to know the history of Hinduism, of where yoga's roots come from. And it, it is like, I'm done with all my physical going to classes. Now I'm just making up some, and then I'd like to finish my final and all that fun stuff, but it is a live I think it's a lifelong journey. Um, I would love to get a 500 hour in total, but that is work. Like those weekends were rough. And I feel like every weekend was like a wrecking in its own way. And so now I feel like what I'm doing and this year is like, I need to embody um, what I just learned as a student first before I teach it. I would love to teach eventually. I know that's in my spirit. I already have playlists ready to go. You know, like I, <laughs> I know that's something I want, but I feel like I took in so much. I was like, okay, now let's see how this applies to me as a student before I'd be like, oh, okay, now, you know, any other your nose, like um, be or two, like, I just don't want to be that, you know? And so yeah, it's been a beautiful journey. Um, I love it. I think I love yoga even more. I also know how to better be in my body because of it. Um, in this last, like in there, the studio I go through was very intentional with props and blocks and blankets and all these tools. And I'm like, you can use that. Like I'm coming from like a studio in Pasadena where it's like you use weights in a block like what is a blanket what is a bolster you know what is comfort and ease <laughs> like that's not a thing and so it's really wrecked um 
just how I physically do the actions of yoga, but um, realizing, you know, Su- Susanna Bartarki says, you know, yoga isn't just what you do, it's who you are. And that even in itself is like, when I feel down, I'm like, I haven't practiced. It's like, but have you, you know, like, have you already been practicing mm-hmm. and just like really rewiring all of that has been like really cool. It's been really cool and really wrecking and exhausting all at once. Yeah. Yeah. That is How about so for good. You? Honestly, almost exactly the same. It sounds like we've had such a similar experience. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here in South LA. And so I did a training here in South yeah. LA with almost yeah. all POCs. And the, yes. the goal of the training is to bring yoga to communities that, um, don't have it. And so that's what we're all doing. It's a combination of yoga and social justice. And I had such a similar experience of just every weekend, just peeling back these layers and Mm -hmm. my physical practice and the asana for me is a lot stronger right now. I'm showing up on the mat. My alignment's great and all that, but I'm like, Whoa, I have so much work to do to be the yoga. I'm just getting started. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I love that, you know, like I love that the trainings in itself, you know, it's always said some people go and they don't teach at all. You know, some people are just wanting to be better students. And I think that's where it starts anyway, in anything um, to be a teacher, to be a guide in something means that we have tried to be the best students first and foremost that we could be. And you kind of reach this archie level, um, but you never stop being a student. And so yeah, the amount of learning and just the books. I feel like I'm going to be reading these books for years and years and years and just, yeah, and wanting to do like more trauma informed and like not even knowing that was a route. And like you said, the um, the route of just like being more intentional to bodies that yoga has not always been accessible for and to is like really important to me in and figuring out what that looks like. I've always been the biggest person in the class of usually only being the only black person in the class and 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 sitting with that tension you know and sitting with that awareness of others in in that moment and of me in that moment and um how do you how do you shift that how do you um impact and chisel away at that a little bit and yeah the trainings are a beautiful experience there I mean there it's work for sure but it is (laughs) well I think well worth it Mm -hmm. oh 100 percent and really just reiterating yoga for all bodies is so important because so much of the imagery that we see in a lot of mainstream studios or on social media, kind of depending on who you follow and where you are, just scratches the surface. And yeah, yoga is absolutely not just for thin white bodies mm-hmm. by any means. Mm-hmm. And so I think with us just showing up, that is already yeah. really moving that narrative. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's it's beautiful. I'm excited for you and I'm excited to see Thank like you. as you continue where that goes and where your practice yeah. goes. Yeah. You're as well. I I don't know why I already assumed you were certified. Oh. I don't know why I had this. And I was like, yeah, she's teaching classes. She's on. I'm like, I don't know why I thought that was already in your spirit, but it's fine. Maybe I was just also like feeling us being in the same journey at the same time. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. I take yeah. that as a huge compliment. Um, if I, mm-hmm. yeah, if I like gave off that I was already showing up that way, but I'm like, oh, I have, mm-hmm. this training has gotten my life <laughs> all the way together. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
such a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. So I would also love to talk to you a bit more about creativity, right? For you yeah. as a writer, as a poet, like creativity is really embedded into everything that you do. And mm-hmm. creativity is one of those things that is really hard. It's hard because mm-hmm. it can be fleeting and especially for being someone who's very visible on social media, where it's, you're trying to, to live and express your creativity, but then there's also algorithms and people and opinions and consumption and all of these things that are kind of the opposite of creativity. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you manage that and how you are able to still show up as yourself and nurture your creativity when managing all of that. Yeah, it's definitely, um, definitely in balance I also have to remember that in the social media space um that's content creation that doesn't mean it's creativity mm-hmm. um and oftentimes creativity um is not given the views or you know the or the algorithm because that's it's not clickable it's not you know catch and hook it's not and I don't operate like that you know like I operate in a stage where I know I have people's attention, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I operate um, in the quietness of a book where I don't know they have, I have their attention and yet they, they have the physical thing in their head. And mm-hmm. so um, it's, I mean, it's a wrecking, it's a wrecking thing. And every, even today, I think I had to post like, Hey, if you're not seeing my stuff, if you go to your settings and take off your sensitive content, because apparently Instagram thinks I'm sensitive. And so just like really annoying stuff like that. Um, it's so frustrating. And even as you were talking, you know, I kind of heard this like phrase, like, um, you know, I don't think creativity is fleeting. I think inspiration is fleeting. And we think that inspiration is the, is the core and the key to creativity, which is not the case. Um, and I think, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert and Big Magic kind of talks about that. Like if we just base our creativity sheerly off of inspiration, we will be dry forever, you know, because inspiration is here one moment and gone the next. And so when it comes to creativity, it's like even before, you know, hopping on this call, I was like looking at like my cat, I have these cactus outside that are like blooming. And I'm like, y'all straight up have flowers in the middle of December and that, so I recorded it, you know, and eventually I'll, I'll make a little video and I'll, I'll speak over it. You know, like even here in this winter, you can still bloom, you know, and that was, I wasn't looking for inspiration there. Like I wasn't looking for that. I'm just walking in my house, getting ready to, you know, hop on this call. And I'm like, flowers, winter, you know, <laughs> and my brain just like goes. And so, um, I often feel like I cheat half the time. Like even yesterday I was watching this TikTok where this like iron chef turns all these grody Starbucks items into this like gourmet pie. And I was like, <laughs> what? Freaking out. Like, how did he do that? And my husband's like, babe, that's how people see you when you like just write a poem out of nowhere and then perform it. I'm like, it's not the same. You know, like I instantly <laughs> like separate myself from that. But even today I've been like, is it the same where it's like how did that come up how did and I feel like I'm cheating like I said because that's just how my brain works you know just like that iron chef saw those cake pops saw (laughs) frappuccino and some espresso shots and like yeah I can make an apple tart out of that with some rum glaze on it what (laughs) like I feel like maybe that's how my brain when it works when it comes to like I can't help but see the bloom on the flowers 
and want to remind you of your own bloom in winter. You know, like I can't help but find that correlation. And so um, I think creativity in this season again, has really come from, from the space of seeing, you know, like the magic is always worrying. It's always around. Like, I just have to be attentive and not slow enough to see it. And creativity is the same way. And so I'm um, getting off the phone, picking up a book, going for a walk. Um, I'm very like activated by a lot of things. And so, and very rarely is my inspiration or creativity, you know, um, triggered or, or, or captivated by anything on Instagram, you know, and I think that's the first time I'm saying that out loud. Like, usually I see things and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna copy that. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. But I don't think that's creativity for me. I think that's creation, content creation, very different phrasing, even though it sounds, you know, like they're the same. I don't, I don't think they are. And so, um, I put timers on my phone as of now to try and just like exercise that of like, yeah, you're right. I've been on here for 10 minutes. What else could I be doing? You know, like (laughs) where else I could be pouring into? And so, um, yeah, it's hard. I didn't also, when I started Instagram, I started it as like a poet, but it's really hard. It was really hard to convey that at first. I didn't like graphics. If I did go perform places, their videos were always dark with these weird, hazy lights. And I aesthetically did not want to post them. So people didn't know, you know, that I was a poet. So I would just post pictures that my best friend took and people assumed I was a model, you know, but I, I want words and I want, I want to do more than that. I love modeling, but I think I have more to offer. Um, and, and so, yeah, it takes a lot of like just getting off. Um, it takes a lot of finding different spaces. Like luckily, you know, um, the, I did a campaign with, um, Pure Leaf and that was like the first time that social media, and like the fullness of my creativity like came to play where it's like, oh, I'm going to cry because I'm still processing the fact <laughs> that, you know, my poem was on a mural that um, we worked on. And it was like this bridge of like, oh, okay, this space can offer creativity, but it's not here, you know? And I think mm-hmm. even on post I did a few a day or two ago was like, I want to go where the art lives, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's on here. I can come report about where the art lives here, but the art doesn't live here. And I probably sounded like a crazy person in that caption because I've just been like posting whatever because I'm like, this brings me joy. I enjoy this. And I've like, even for a few days, like my preview app where I schedule all my posts kind of was like being wonky. So I was just literally just sheerly posting things. Like I'm not worrying about what it looks like. This is on my heart in this moment. And I think I used to operate more like that before I was trying to get not even the followings, but like trying to get, you know, the, the likes and, and the campaigns and things like that. And I'm very thankful. Like my whole income this last year has been through social media. So I, I, as it's a hate love, it's very much so a hate love, um, and finding that balance of the two, but at the same time, it, it, I think it, it kills the artist in me, um, while, while it accentuates, you know, the content creator in me. And there is, there is a difference. So really finding like how to get off, but, um, yeah, the campaign with Pure Leaf was like the first time, like that inner lap of like, it was just a campaign and I just had the tea next to me. I put the little graphic up and that was it, you know, and then it turned into these like in-person live things, um, 
And I got to watch people stop and read my poems out loud or take a picture of it. And so that's been like, that's where I think the crossover has happened in this last year. And I've been really trying to figure out how to have um, more of those because, um, yeah, because it was really dreamy and really magical. So, yeah. That is so beautiful. I know I have that post um, bookmarked and we'll make sure we include it in the show notes so that people (laughs) Mm -hmm. can see it because it is really beautiful. And I love the distinction that you made between creativity and content creation, because they Mm -hmm. are two totally different things. And I know I've, I've struggled with having them convoluted as well. And I had a bit of an aha moment when you were talking about it just now about it, not being the place where the art lives, but where we can share or report on it. Mm -hmm. You just gave me a huge aha moment. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And And it's like, I think we made the assumption, like, this is where we live, but it's not like, this is where we get to report about where we live. The sunset doesn't live in the square graphic on, on their page, like the sunset lives outside of it. And so, um, but it was really hard because that was, that was where we lived this last year and a half. It's where we saw our friends. It's where we saw our family. So we're sitting in this really interesting tension where it's like, no, 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 but this is not where it's all at, you know? And, and, and I have to keep coming back to that because it's gonna, I think about that damn app way too much, you know, like (laughs) way too much. And I'm like, yo, like everything I can't, I create can't be for that. Um, And yeah, a lot of no, saying a lot of no (laughs) to those spaces where it's just like, this is not fueling me. You know, I can't, I can't say yes to only things here because what if, what if it's gone? You know, we had that one day where it was like, everything shut down, you know? And I think my husband and I, we went to, um, we live in Pasadena. So we went to the Huntington library, which is like one of our favorite places. And I didn't, I don't even think I posted about going there because I didn't need to, you know, like I got to just be there. And so, um, yeah, finding that balance is like, I think it's going to, if we don't find it, it might, you know, destroy us. And that got really more of a good fast, but yeah. No, I hear you. And I think <laughs> it, it actually relates very well to your example about the cactus and the flowers, just also remembering to look around at what's happening, because if you wouldn't have looked out the window, you wouldn't have noticed that and you wouldn't have made oh, that connection. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just also the importance of remembering to look around at what's really happening and mm-hmm. keeping all of that in perspective. Mm. Yeah. Just having the eyes to see mm-hmm. if we're, you know, like if we just are intentional with, with having the eyes to see, and that's really hard to do for always like this, my head is down and I'm looking at my palm, you know, like it's yeah. really hard to see if we're always there. Um, and so finding, what does that mean? What does that look like? Where else? Where else do I need to be? Yes. How, how often do I need to look up more now? Beautiful reminders. Absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. reminders. Yeah. So I'd also like to talk a little bit about self-talk because Mm -hmm. I think self-talk is probably the most important communicative relationship we'll ever have. We talk to ourselves more than we talk to anyone else or listen to anyone Mm -hmm. else. (laughs) So I would love to hear about how your relationship with yourself and self-talk has evolved over time and some ways that you work on having a healthy sense of self-talk. Yeah. Well, I think that first wave of it 
and I still have this problem sometimes where I'm just so like, why did you do that? You shouldn't have done that. Why are you this way? You know, like in that negative self-talk and I'm like, I would never say this out loud to friends. I'm the most encouraging to my friends. I'm the most kind of loving to my friends. I would be like, you know what? That's okay. How can we this way? So I really had to like start switching, you know, how I talk to myself. Um, and I'm the queen of talking to myself. Like I literally have to, to, for work, you know, so like I'm like memorizing and I'm doing things and, and, and that's like such a more gracious space. And I think I had posted, you know, um, in a story, like, may you have like grace with me as you, as you do with yourself. And I had a mentor who responded and was like, that's not very much for some people. And I was like, Ooh, is that even very much like for myself, you know, like the grace I'm able to extend to other people is that the same kind of grace I extend to myself. So it became like, I wouldn't say this to someone else. I cannot say it to myself. If I wouldn't say this out loud, then I cannot say this to myself. Like if it's just living all in here, um, then that's messy, you know? And so being able to say more things out loud and I, and I have those moments where it's like, I try on something or I'm looking and I'm like, yes, okay. Like I legitimately talk to myself. And so finding those kinder, I'd say like internal love notes, you know, like just being gentler um, and, and because that shows, again, it shows in how we operate outside. It shows what our what's happening in our physical. If all day I'm just like, you're fat, you're this, you're blah, 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 like, I'm going to start showing that. I'm going to start wearing that on my husband. I'm going to start wearing that in my friendships. And so, again, all that internal work, is, is it doesn't stay internal. It doesn't live internal. It, it gets out. Um and so gratitude has been a huge part. Like I have a lot of poems where I just talk about just paying attention to my physical self and, and being kinder and, and, and being more gentle here. And um, that has helped. That has helped a whole lot. Absolutely. But I think how we talk to ourselves, words in itself are powerful. If we only think that words are powerful and they're spoken out loud, we have another thing coming, you know, like they're just as powerful when they're spoken internally, when they have spoken in quiet and then when they're spoken over ourselves um, and, and that, that matters. So paying attention to that. Mm. Oh, 100%. And I loved that question that you asked about, do I want people to have the same compassion towards me as they have to themselves? And is the compassion that I have for myself also in alignment with what I'm asking for? I think that's just a really mm-hmm. beautiful question that we can continue asking ourselves and one another moving forward. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Can I, do I have grades for myself in this moment? Mm-hmm. If I'm asking other people to have it, you know, for themselves and for me, then that means it, it's doubled. Hopefully they have it for themselves and vice versa. Hopefully I have it for myself so that that exchange of grace is actually there. Yeah. Yeah. And that healthy sense of self and self-talk and self-love it's, it's like what we were saying at the beginning of the conversation, that's not any one destination. That is also mm-hmm. an ongoing journey that we can absolutely. Absolutely. I think it, you can apply that to almost everything. Like don't give ourselves finite things. Like we're, if we're still here and living and breathing, then there is still work to be done. You know, there are still things to be exercised. A lesson that we learn will come up in a different form with a new layered lesson there. Like it's all very just repetitive um, and new all at the same time. You know, it doesn't mean it's stale just because it's repetitive. There's, there's still things there. Um, yeah, worth paying attention to. 
Oh, thank you for that. So beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Great question. Oh, thank you. So how are you currently finding your balance and what is that looking for you mm. in this season? Yeah. Um, I saw this like tweet that was like, um, for sending that email, ask yourself, is this a January conversation, a December <laughs> conversation or a January conversation? Yes. And I was like, it's all January. It's right. All, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm sending them now. Like I don't need to rest, you know? So, um, I've been, I literally had a call that I missed cause I slept in <laughs> the other day. And I was like, you know what? I'm so sorry. Please let me know what your schedule is for the new year. Like I said, I'm a go, go, go kind of person. So saying no right now is really important to me. Um, saying no in this space is I'm not good at it, you know, which means I have to practice it um, to find that balance of like, oh, this doesn't need to happen now. Um, this doesn't need to be today. Um, finding that no and not feeling bad about it. Um, I think especially uh, we, Christmas kind of just like hijacked us in the face a little bit. So it's like, even if that comes down to like gift giving or whatever it may be, like, I think we need to find again, more grace in that no space. Um, and for me, that has been where I need to just, maybe I need to sleep in. Maybe I don't need to wake up early to just go try and sculpt, even though I did today and it was amazing. Um, but I wasn't able to yesterday and that's okay. You know, um, really finding that that balance of, of no. And, um, um, yeah, the poem I actually did for, for, um, pure leaf and, and that collaboration, I, is a mantra for me of like, this is not selfish. I'm allowed to say this, you know, like this can be part of my mantra. And when we say no, we make room for so much more, you know? Um, and that doesn't mean to displace our yes and just keep adding more yeses, but it also just means more intentional with, um, how we show up and what we say yes to you and what we say no to you. And honestly, in this space, I'm just trying to be with family as much as possible, not get COVID and, and rest and eat good food. Like that's what I want this, um, season to be about. And, um, yeah, January is like a very hit the ground running, which I'm very thankful for, but giving myself that space now, um, which means saying no to things, releasing things um, on repeat, you know, again with the cycle. Oh, absolutely. Something mm -hmm. that we've been talking about on the show a lot lately is letting ourselves be more in tune with nature. So right now, mm -hmm. while we're talking and also when this episode comes out, it will be winter. And when we think about what yeah. winter is, it is longer nights and shorter mm -hmm. days. When we think about what a lot of plants do in the winter, they're not growing. They're not really sprouting a bunch of new leaves. They're conserving mm -hmm. their energy for when the sun comes back. Animals mm -hmm. are hibernating, conserving their mm -hmm. energy for when spring comes back. And we're mm -hmm. low key meant to do the same thing. <laughs> So figuring out how we can do that and how we can yeah. allow ourselves that space. If it means sleeping in a little bit more, or if it means saying no a little bit more to have our version Absolutely. of hibernation, it's so important. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Finding your version of hibernation. Like, what does that look like to, um, yeah, to find rest. And I don't mean, you know, sleeping, that doesn't 
that's not what that means all the time. Like the nap ministry talks a lot about that. Like rest is rest, you know, like mm-hmm. rest is being, um, and not having to do the things, you know, yeah. rest is like you said, the long, the, uh, it's, it always throws us off so much when the sun goes down at like five, four thirty. you know, like mm-hmm. five o'clock, we're like, no, the day. And it, um, it forces you to chill out you know to go home because you don't want to be out all of a sudden you're sleepy like that is literally our body moving with the seasons like we're made to um and so finding like maybe it's just being cozy like I this is my last thing today you know and I'm gonna play some music and I'm gonna read my book and I'm gonna let myself have that even though it's still daylight and I feel like I should be (laughs) on my computer you know like um finding that um, yeah, what is hibernation for you? And what does that look like? That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And these are, I mean, I'm also working at this. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> these Absolutely. are also questions I'm, I'm asking constant myself. Practice. Yeah. Yes. Constant practice. Yeah. Yeah. Constant. Yeah. yeah. Everything is a practice, which is what I think mm-hmm. I've, I've learned been one of my biggest takeaways from yoga and teacher training is that Absolutely. everything is a practice. Is a practice. Yeah, that's good. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ariel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank I just, you. I feel like I just got so much just joy and compassion from this conversation and from you and from how you share so openly and vulnerably. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This Absolutely. Was a treat. So for our listeners, how can they find you? How can they support yes. your work? Yeah, everything is um, Ariel Astoria. So that's double L and an E with the E-S-T-O-R-I-A. Um, that's Instagram, um, Twitter, all those social things. But then also my website, if you're looking for books, um, if you're looking um, for hearing my voice more than you have for this hour long episode, <laughs> then you can um, look on Spotify and iTunes. I have music and poetry on there. I have things that are uh, coming as well. So I'm really excited um, for that. And um, yeah. Amazing. Well, we will have all of your information linked in the show notes to make it super easy for people to follow and to listen and to be inspired. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That conversation was just such an honor to get to be a part of. Ariel is just such a kind soul and I loved getting to talk to her. So I hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl. We are going to be wrapping up our Reframing the Reset series next week. I'm actually going to be sharing a bit more about reframing yoga practices, talking a little bit more about my yoga journey, just sharing a little bit of information for people who maybe don't like yoga or who would describe themselves as bad at yoga. This episode is going to be dedicated to them. (laughs) So Arielle and I's conversation about our experiences in yoga teacher training was just a little precursor, just a preview of next week's solo episode where I'll be talking a little bit more about my experience there. So whether you're a yogi or not, I highly encourage you to check it out. I promise there will be some nuggets of goodness in there for you. 
Huge thanks again to Ariel for coming on the show. Thank you to our sponsors for supporting today's show. If you heard any products that you liked from our ads today, you can check out the show notes for discount codes, special links, and offers. And even if you missed the live version of the Reframing the Reset Challenge, because it ended last week, you can still sign up to get access to the Reframing the Reset dashboard um, with all of the goodies and resources from the past four weeks to help you kind of stay in the right frame of mind all year long. So that is at balancedblackgirl.com slash reset. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.